Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University Athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned into another edition of the Rowan Sports Review live here on rowanradio.com channel 2. As always, I'm your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director Danny Ryan, and I'm joined alongside members of the Rowan Radio Sports Department and key factors in our broadcasting crews this NJAC playoff season and NCAA playoff season, Connor Brown, Caraguno, and Aaron Hook. Thank you all so much for joining me here today. As always, you guys are the best, and I want to break down you know why we're here obviously we have a lot of basketball to talk about really and jack basketball play to talk about and a few ncaa matchups coming up for both the men's and women's team they both win their and jack championships respectively they run away with their conference more specifically the men's team the women's team winning by nine points but the men's team just blowing out their rival stockton ospreys 103 to 88 it was a dominant performance from the men's team all around and so i want to start with the rowan men's basketball team and break down their performance in that championship game i talked about it before we hopped on air, but Marcellus Ross got hot at the right time. And now that I even look at this, only 23 minutes in that game for Marcellus Ross. He's able to hit seven three-pointers, finishes with a team-high 24 points, also eight field goals. Only one field goal he made was not a three-pointer. Just remarkable stats. Kara and Connor, I want to pick your brains a little bit and just, what were you seeing out there? Jazeera Noel also had a season-high 17 rebounds, 16 points to go with it, so a pretty good double-double for him, along with six assists and three blocks. It was an all-around great dominant team performance and Connor what was your vantage point what was your reaction to see Rowan really blow out Stockton in this fashion well absolutely the most impressive part of that game was Marcellus Ross in the second half it's not so much that he had seven three-pointers overall in the game all of them came in the second half so I mean he really caught fire going into half it was a little bit of a close game between Rowan and Stockton Rowan had pulled out at the end of the first half to a nine-point lead 40 to 31 and then in in the second half I mean this game was over pretty pretty early um there was a couple bad Baskets there at the end that made it seem a little bit closer, but it was still a 103 to 88 victory. So, I mean, you just have to give your credit once again to Marcellus Ross. He just caught fire and he almost brought down the roof on, on multiple occasions because SB Gymnasium was packed. Uh, other guys who, who had big games too, obviously was, you know, Seeger, Noel, wasn't much of an offensive factor, like you mentioned before, did a lot more rebounding, playmaking by, you know, moving the ball blocking some shots. So it was just an all-around dominant performance from Rowan, taking down Stockton third time this season. It was definitely sweet, Kara. I, I don't know what else, you know, is really to say about it, but, you know, go ahead and, and tell me from your vantage point, you know, what you saw there in the second half or just in the game in general. Yeah, to your point, Connor, I mean, the first half we were thinking at the break, we are like, all right, it's a close game. It's a nine-point game, you know. All right, things have happened. It's a Stockton rivalry. You never know. And it's, you know, Stockton wants to get the revenge on the profs. They, you know, that first, that second, game at, in Glassboro, they blew them out of the water, and that was a great game for Rowan, and then you're thinking, okay, you know, with this offensive team, they average, what, more than 92 points a game? They, they score a lot of points, so you knew that their offense was going to be there, but I think it was a matter of the, a defense for them, because in the conference, they were they gave up a lot of points, and that was to kind of go with their high-power offense, but was, in this one, they obviously scored 103 points, and they, sc- they scored plus 100 every time against Stockton this year, so you know that their offense was working, and they held Stockton to 88 points, but in that second half, you can see Stockton scored a lot more. They scored 
scored 57 points, but Rowan put up 40 in the first half and then 63 in that second half. And that was just an incredible run for them. And you talked about Ross, and he surpassed 1,000 career points as well. Which which you didn't tell me, by the way. I didn't even know that it was happening. All of a sudden, <laughs> I heard Ross. They said his announcement. They made mm-hmm. an announcement, and I didn't even know. So Likely uh, story, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, okay. Caraguno, well. once again, <laughs> trying to steal a spotlight from everyone else. Oh, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. But again, just your know, fantastic job. I think an underrated part of the profs is their defense to kind of go along with that because you look at somebody like Connor Dickerson who's been with the team since 2018-2019 he only had 8 points but he did he had 4 rebounds he had 4 steals a block in there and then a couple assists and his defense along with Damian Smith the two of them are just fantastic defenders and they kind of limited the, the play from DJ Campbell which mm-hmm. I know we talked about off air a lot how they limited their number 1 scorer so to have guys who can bring that offensive power but also defensively kind of keep this team stout and, and strong is just fantastic because this team you they can beat you in so many different ways and I think that was proven in this championship game. I don't think DJ Campbell too, and I'll, I'll let you go off after this one, Danny. I don't think DJ Campbell had a, a basket until there was seven minutes left in the game when he hit that three-pointer. It was a, a four-point play that he ended up converting, but the fact that the profs held DJ Campbell, one of the most prolific scorers in the conference, you know, if Jazir Noel doesn't come in this year, DJ Campbell is probably the leading scorer in the conference. The fact that they, they shut him down for most of the game obviously goes to your point about you know Dickerson and Smith on defense who are just absolute hounds out there and and they do such a great job of locking guys down on the perimeter but even when they get past guys on the perimeter you have you know Noel there in the paint Vilmar DeAndre Vilmar had an awesome block to start off the game so yeah the the defense is definitely an underrated part of this Rowan team because you look at the box scores you see the 100 point games but they're really coming together on the defensive end as we head into March now. Five profs finished in double digits in this championship game. Really a key factor along with, as Kara and Connor mentioned, their defensive performance. And I like how you mentioned Connor Dickerson, Kara, too, because he won an NJAC championship. I believe it was his freshman season here at Rowan University, and he was able to help lead the profs to another NJAC championship, due in part to, as you mentioned, the four steals he had on the night, one block as well, almost cracked double digits with eight points. But Really a great defensive performance all around. Connor mentioned DeAndre Vilmar. He ended up cracking double digits, being a player that's not really known for his offense, at least this season. So that was huge as well to kind of help uh, lead them to victory. Two steals on his part as well. And then that one block he had to start the game was the only block he recorded on the night. One player I do want to highlight, and we've talked about him so many times, not only on the Rowan Sports Review, but on the broadcast for Rowan Radio, but Josh Wright, Mm -hmm. 13 minutes off the bench, four for 10 from the field. Didn't shoot the best clip from beyond the arc, two for seven from three, but he did his due diligence at the free throw line, five for seven, finishes with 15 points and five rebounds in 13 minutes off the bench. That's remarkable, if you ask me. In an NJAC championship game where you're not getting the minutes you're used to getting, that you were getting, you know, obviously in the NJAC regular season, to step up like he did there is just so crucial to the, you know, how they were able to blow out this Stockton team. Yeah, and I think Kara will agree with me on this one. Anyone in the gym would know that both of those threes that Josh Wright hit were the loudest. And I mean, they, they were absolutely absolute momentum shifters and he, he was a huge w- reason why they won last night and why they've been winning so much this year yeah for sure I think he was actually getting like MVP chance in Esby like it was it was incredible and I mean he was also taking threes from like 10 feet from beyond the arc so I think that's a lot of why his you know he was two for seven but he was he was feeling it and he brings so much energy to that team every time he makes a basket a lot of his layups are tough finishes he always gets draws that contact he's you know revving the whole team up he, he's jumping he's like ch- shouting and whatnot but he, and he gets that 
that bench pumped up, but he gets the fans pumped up too, which is it's a key factor. And I know a lot of the players, even post-game, were talking about it. And they said that they fed off the momentum from the crowd. And there was not a, a seat that wasn't available. It was packed in the crowd. I know a lot of fans were getting there really early. Stockton fans traveled really, really well. They were behind their, their bench as well. So there was a lot of teams from both sides, a lot of players from both sides that were feeding off of that crowd. But the Rowan crowd, you have to say that that played a huge factor in this game, especially with the coming in off the bench of Josh Wright and even Damian Smith, those guys. And even Hafiz Melvin, I know he didn't have, you know, a lot, a lot of great numbers, but he has also been on this team before. He was here last year, comes back this season. And you have a lot of those veterans who were here last year. They had that bad taste in their mouth from that Stockton, you know, where they lost in Stockton. So a lot of these guys were turning. And then when you have those guys and you bring in somebody like Jazir Noel, and then you even Ahmad Bickley is a newcomer on the team. You have another weapon on these team teams that you can, when you have those abilities with those guys, and even Seeger and, and Josh Wright, their, their performances that the year, it just made for a recipe for success. Aaron, I want to pick your brain a little bit about this game as well. You obviously didn't have the privilege of calling this game as you were in Delaware, calling the Delaware Supercoats this past Friday, but... I do want to get your reaction on the 103-88 to victory for the Rowan men's basketball team very briefly. You'll be calling them in the NCAA first-round matchup against Cal Lutheran with Caraguno for Rowan Athletics. So, just first off, what was your reaction to see them blow out the Stockton Ospreys as you were obviously calling the game live from Delaware? And two, I mean, what are you expecting from the first-round profs in this NCAA matchup? Yeah, I mean, um, down in Delaware, yeah, don't tell anybody this, but I, I was watching uh, the game as the Supercoats uh, were playing just kind of, you know, periodically looking at the score. And from what I could tell, in the first half, it was kind of like a pretty close game. And then they kind of pulled away at the end. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't expect anything less because the last time Stockton was in the SB Gymnasium, Rowan made quick work to them. That was the uh, the Tim Peterson put-back game, I yeah. believe. Um, so it was a fun night there. And they did a great job, like Connor said, shutting down DJ Tamble once again. I mean, obviously in a... In a playoff scenario shutting down the opposing team's top score is your number one priority defensively it usually is but it, it gets heightened even more um obviously when it's a win or go home spot and you know like Tara and Connor have talked about there's just so many great defenders on this team that um they could throw a Campbell they shut him down and that was the recipe to success for the profs 103 88 they they love to score against Stockton I feel like every time they play it's a, it's a pretty high scoring game and yeah on the on the side of Stockton I mean he had some good performances right now. Lawrence, who struggled mightily from three in the regular season when these two teams played, hits four of his line shots, leads the way for them with 16. Tavon Dather, a kid off the bench for them, has played really well against Rowan this year in the three games. 15 and eight off the bench, but just too much firepower, especially with Marcellus Ross attaching fire uh, and knocking down seven triples. Man, he is like, he's like a microwave. You know what I mean? Like when he gets going, man, he just does not know how to shut it off. Loves to run in transition, so we'll see what they look like against Cal Lutheran. And I want to build on your point about DJ Campbell real quick before we move on from the men's win in the NJAC Championship. It'd be one thing if you shut down their best player in DJ Campbell coming off a 20-point performance, a 25-point performance, but he was coming off a 35-point performance against the Montclair State Redhawks, a game in which they narrowly won at home. How much bigger does it make the impact from the Rowan defense that they were able to not only shut down the top scorer, but shut down the top scorer when he was playing his best basketball? Yeah, I mean, they've done it against other top scorers in the conference. Uh, I remember Griffin Barker for Kane, the big man, averages a double-double, 19 points, like 10 boards a game. When they played at SB, Kane was actually at the time tied with Rowan atop the standings in the end jet. They were both undefeated at that point, and he was coming off a big game himself, but they were able to limit him 
So it doesn't matter if it's wind dies or dards or bids, they could all defend really well. And then it just is a testament to Coach Trispin and the rest of the staff, how well prepared they have these guys each and every game uh, for different matchups and what they're going to do defensively on a, on a light-to-light basis. Once again, the Rowan men's basketball team will be home taking on Cal Lutheran in the first round of the NCAA tournament at 7.30 p.m. At the time of this airing, it'll be happening in about two hours, so make sure you tune in right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 1 or Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM on your dial as we hop into the Rowan women's basketball team and Jack Championship game in which they were able to defeat the NJCU Gothic Knights 79-70, to a great performance to really just cap off a great weekend for Rowan University sports. Nicole Mallard finishes with 17 points. Dakota Adams with 15 points and 11 rebounds respectively. Danielle McCurdy, who we're going to talk about it in a little bit, might have a chance to face her former squad in Scranton. And then she finished with 12 points, four rebounds. Uh, Grace Marshall also putting up 11 points and seven rebounds along with four steals. McCurdy also had four steals. So just yet another great overall team performance. Eliana Santana off the bench had starter minutes, but still finished with nine points, five rebounds. I mean, every single woman on this team, they were just contributing in any way they could. So Kara, I want to pick your brain about this. Obviously, I mentioned towards the beginning of the sports review that you traveled to NJCU to call this with Justin Locke. This was a close game, much closer than the Stockton game, no doubt about it. What was the feeling like in their arena? What was the feeling like being in hostile territory? I mean, it didn't seem to phase the profs a whole bunch, but you know, just take me through your overall emotions from that game in general. Yeah, when we got there first, we were kind of put up like uh, on their track almost to kind of see the game. And they had a lot of people in their arena. There was a lot of fans changing. On and they, we talked about Damaris Rodriguez time and time again, and they pretty much I don't want to say this, they had like a fan club for Damaris Rodriguez. There's a lot of people had signs for made for her. They were screaming loud when she came out there, and they were really, really loud. But also, Rowan traveled really, really well. Rowan had a lot of fans. There, a lot of the family members for these these women travel with them, and they had a really probably the, one of the biggest crowds I've seen for for Rowan, especially at away game. And they were kind of going back and forth with the crowd, getting into it. They were getting into it, mm-hmm. and then. In that fourth quarter when Rowan, in the second half especially, when Rowan played really well, Rowan's fans were a lot louder than NJCU's fans. They shut them they shut them down really quick. They got really loud and in favor of the Rowan fans. So the, the, the women I, t- I spoke to after the game, and Grace Marshall and Nicole Mallard, uh, they talked about that. They said that the, the crowd for Rowan really helped us, and we fed off their energy, and their bench for Rowan played a, a big part in, in just creating better vibes for the team and bringing a lot of energy. So you can kind of see that how that played out for the Rowan team. The score at the end of the first quarter was evened up 21-21. Rowan didn't score the the first couple minutes of the game, they couldn't buy a, a, a bucket. And Danielle McCurdy hit first the first three of five field goals for the Rowan squad. And she's not really known for her her shooting prowess, but she got in the paint. She had to hit a couple mid-range jumpers because NJCU wasn't really expecting her to hit them. She hit the shots, and then it got the momentum for the profs. And then Mallard at the end uh, to close out the buzzer for the first quarter, she got fouled taking a three. So then she went to the line for uh, three free throws, and she hit all three of them. So it tied the game for the props and once they had that tie they kind of knew that they could bring the momentum swing and then from there on that it was a really it was a great game I will say it was a fantastic game it came down to the wire and JUCU cut it to five within like a minute remaining Rowan did lead by 15 at one point so it was a really good game battling back and forth bucket for bucket but if you have to give credit to this Rowan team for closing out the game they, they were the underdogs they were the number three seed going against the, yeah. the top seed and they played two away games throughout the tournament and they didn't have home court advantage like the men's team did so they went away went to Kane went to NJC 
ASU and took both of their teams out. Two really good offensive, high-powered teams, and they took them down. And now it's crazy that I'm even going to say this, and I can't really compare it to DJ Campbell from the men's side, but like I said, I'm not going to say they shut her down, but they contained Damaris Rodriguez pretty well, and she still finished with 22.7 assists, three steals, five for 12 from beyond the arc, but when you force her to shoot seven for 20 from the field in 40 minutes of play, as crazy as it sounds, that's a success if you're the Rowan women's basketball team. I mean, that's all you want. You want to, you know, keep her honestly under 25 points if you can, and that's exactly what they did. So you look at the shooting numbers as well for both teams, both finishing at the exact rate of 33.3%, Rowan taking much less threes than the NJCU Gothic Knights. It was five for 15 from beyond for the profs, eight for 24 from beyond for the NJCU Gothic Knights. And the later points of that game, they found themselves down, had to shoot themselves back into it, and they weren't able to. It was a nine-point victory for the profs. But really, you mentioned that fan club for Damaris Rodriguez, and obviously she was the key factor to shut down for the profs on the defensive side, at least. She led the NJAC in scoring. What was it like early on, at least? You mentioned the profs couldn't buy a bucket, but what was it like offensively for the Gothic Knights? Did Rowan come out with a great defensive game plan? Were they looking to just overall give her a lot of pressure early on so they could set the tone? What was it like early on in Jersey City? Not only the leading score in the NJAC, D3, <laughs> all of D3. I mean, the leading scorer, and I got to see her play last year, too. I, I, I'd probably be a part of that fan club if I was uh, <laughs> NJCU Gothic Knight, but uh, I'm, I'm glad we definitely won that game. Yeah, it was, she scored, uh, she had 17 points in the first quarter, and you were thinking, oh man, here we go again for, mm-hmm. for this Rowan women's team, because she put up, I think, 33 points in the first game, maybe 31 in the second game. So she's averaging an off of a triple-double in the last performance. So you know, in your mind, you know what she can do. She has, she can shoot the three, obviously. She gets in the paint. She has a really good floater as well, and she's a she's a great facilitator on that squad. If they're going to double her, she'll kick it out all the time. So in that first quarter, she hit 17 points, and you're thinking, okay, here we go again. It's a Rodriguez show. She's going to blow them out. And then Rowan adjusted. They they didn't press the entirety of the game, which I talked to Coach Poles afterwards, and he goes, that's the first time the whole season we didn't do that. And, and just use a really, really fast team so they can pick you apart on that press. But then Rodriguez, she slowed down. She had 17 in that first quarter, and she only had five throughout the rest of the game. She that's didn't crazy. score She didn't score in the fourth quarter. She didn't score in that fourth quarter. Wow. And she also turned the ball over five times, which she, she doesn't really usually do that. Camacho, I will say, Jada Camacho, she is that number two scorer on that squad. She, she was really good from beyond the arc. She was hitting a couple at the end of the game. Um, she also put up 18 points and six rebounds. And she did turn over the ball six times, but as well. But Damaris Rodriguez and Camacho were kind of telegraphing their passes, throwing, trying to go across the court with the two of them. And Rowan was just picking them off. Mallard got in the mix. Marshall was fantastic. Even Danielle McCurdy. So when you, when you kind of slow down Rodriguez, when you see 22 points, you're like, oh, wow, she, you know, was a exactly. leading scorer. But if you look at the, the stats and you were there, she only had five points in that second half. And they came in the third quarter and she didn't score in that fourth quarter. So for Rowan to do that, and they were doubling her too as well. Mallard and Marshall came up top, top of the key and they doubled her. So they were forcing her to give the ball away. And Coach Poles said, we didn't want her in the paint. We did not want her in the paint. If she got into the paint, she's dangerous. And obviously they know that she can shoot the three, but she didn't really attack from the paint a lot as well. So you have to give credit for Rowan to adjusting at halftime and then shutting her down in that second half. Yeah, and the overwhelming defense really just forced inefficient performances from both players. I mean, Tamaris Rodriguez less than Jada Camacho, but Camacho six for 20 from the field, three for 12 from beyond the arc. You mentioned she hit a few late threes to kind of keep the Gothic Knights in the game, but not a great performance from both considering the standard they've set for themselves all season long and considering the stage of this game as well. I mean, it was for all of the marbles in the New Jersey Athletic Conference. So Connor, I just want to get your thoughts on this real quick and I'll end it off with Aaron before we go to break. You talked about Tamaris Rodriguez and how you would be in her fan club if uh, you were able to be as a Rowan prof here at Rowan University. But just overall, take me through what the weekend was like to really have everything set in, have all of the facts set in that the Rowan profs are eight-time NJAC champions this season between eight different sports. I mean, that's unheard of at any level. What's understood doesn't need to be explained, Danny. I mean, it, it just... 
you expect it now at this point. Rowan, they've been having some talks about some potentially in the future moving up some divisions. There's been some talk about some new facilities being built here on campus. And the best way to kind of build the foundation for that is to be perennial conference champions in all your sports. And that's pretty much what what they have done. Uh, men's cross country and field also got the NJAC over the uh, weekend. Congratulations to them. It's awesome right now to be a student here because you you know you, you have a great athletic program that's only building its way up. It's just what, what you expect now. You know, you, you heard coming in that Rowan had all these great athletics, all this great history. Um, in the past couple of years, it's been kind of up and down for some programs, but really all of them are coming together now and probably one of the most elite college athletic programs in, in the state. So it, it's just really cool to be a part of. I have to give a shout out to Dakota Adams, who all playoff long for the women's absolutely stepped up. She's practically averaging a, a, a double double there. 17 and 13 against Ramapo, 19 and 8 against Kane, and then 15 and 11 in that NJAC championship game. She was a huge contributor to, you know, Rowan winning the NJAC this year. And she's going to be huge this weekend, too, because they're really going to need her. Hurley, who's had a really nice playoffs to step up as well. Nice to see Mallard finally show up after not playing in Ramapo and having a tough game against Kane. And, and Marshall, too, has been huge all playoff long. So those girls are really going to need to step it up this weekend. But I, I do think that they have a little bit of a shot here, especially with McCurdy potentially going against her former undefeated number three nationally ranked Scranton team. Yeah, you know she wants to get to that stage and try and defeat them in the second round of the NCAA bracket. But you bring up a good point there, too, and I want to just touch on that before I send it over to Aaron. You'll be traveling to Scranton, Pennsylvania with Justin lock and this is going to be a huge game for the Rowan women's basketball team I mean it's a very tough opponent in Rhode Island College they're 24 and 3 on the season 15 and 1 in conference play very similar record to the Rowan men's basketball team but just on paper they look like a juggernaut what are you expecting not only from the profs but from this Rhode Island College team how can they shut them down and you know are the profs really going to be able to hold their own against a team that was elite in their conference but was it a weak conference yeah so I I wasn't really too familiar with this team until the bracket came out so I've, I've done some research so far going to continue to do some uh, today. But one thing that stood out to me was Rhode Island played TCNJ to start the year. Now, it's not a great litmus test because, you know, that that was the past. And not only was it the past, it's the first game of the season. So you're still, you know, figuring out your team identity. But this Rhode Island anchor woman squad took them down by 10. So, and yeah, like I said before, it's not a great litmus test. So you can't really go off of the first game of the season and how good a team is. But 24 and three, I mean, a really impressive record. Like Rowan too, they don't necessarily have a 18 to 20 plus point score. They have a lot of distribution with a couple different girls on that team that make a lot of impact here and there. So I think this is actually going to be a really evenly matched up first round uh, between Rowan and Rhode Island. Um, It's just more of wondering what comes in the second round if you can get past Rhode Island with more than likely Scranton, who's been just impressive this year, undefeated, uh, the third best team in in Division Three, like I said before. But definitely, if you're Demetrius Poles, you're you're telling your squad, we're not worried about the second round. We're worried about the team in front of us in Rhode Island. So just going off of what I know right now, going to do some more research tonight as I prepared to my trip to the Electric City (laughs) office reference. But um, but yeah, no, I I think it's going to be a really good first round game and I, I can't wait. Aaron, your thoughts very briefly on both the men's and women's matchups on Friday, one being in Scranton, Pennsylvania, one being here in the borough. You're obviously going to be calling the men's game, as I mentioned, so talk as much about that as you'd like, but really, yeah. this women's team, that it looks like they're going to be facing a tougher opponent, at least on paper, than the men's team will face. Yeah, um, like Connor said, I mean, 24-3 and three and 15-1 and one, uh, inside of 
their conference, Rhode Island College. So, yeah, a very, very tough opponent. Um, yeah, I, I think Rowan, maybe record-wise, it, it doesn't tell the whole story, which is kind of crazy to say at 20-8 and eight and 13-5. and five. I think they may be even a little bit better than that right now. Um, kind of just riding the momentum from the end of the regular season um, into the tournament with the win over Montclair State on senior night, and then they handle business against Kane on the road and NJCU on the road. So this team is used to kind of playing in hostile environments that you brought up earlier. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting matchup for them. And I'm looking at Rhode Island College's roster, trying to get like a feel of, uh, of who they're going to be going up against. Like Connor said, it's a balanced scoring team, but... Something that I did notice is they shoot the three ball pretty, pretty well. And so Rowan didn't have to be on top of that defending against the three-point shot. Again, I, I think, you know, with Demetrius Poles at the helm, he knows how to play, you know, the ultimate chess game in terms of matchups that he wants, um, sets he wants to run, kind of figuring out the, the pace of the game and kind of having the tempo be controlled by Rowan. Then they do a really good job of that. And you have the veteran presence to do that. Like Karen Cotter said, Nicole Mallard, um, Grace Marshall, all the leaders on this team, Danielle McCurdy as well. And that'll be really fun if they do end up facing off against Strand, who is obviously one of the best teams in the country. McCurdy transferring because she wanted, you know, an opportunity to really, you know, get, get minutes and, and show that, sure, you know, you can play, go play for an elite program, but you come to Rowan, a team that is on the rise, um, it, it would be a really cool story. So, obviously, rooting for the women's team, I think, like Connor said, I think they have a, a chance to get it done with the way they're playing. Rhode Island College is going to be a tough opponent, though, so we shall see, but... Anyway, just before yeah, go you go, go off about the men's, mm-hmm. uh, the women's squad in the past two months have only lost two games. Yeah, so... so they're, they're really coming into form late here in the season, I think you saw a lot of that come together in the NJAC playoffs saw it defensively and offensively so that, that that's why I, I think the records when, when you look at Rhode Island being 24 and 3 mm-hmm. Rowan being 20 and 8 I don't think it tells the full story and I, I think we've all kind of touched on that and I, that that's why I think Rowan has a really good shot in the first round yeah and it looks like Rhode Island College is a pretty big team as well they have a freshman forward who's five foot eleven they've got a couple five ten girls they have a six foot one their starting setters uh, sits one so they've got some size and they can shoot it so like we've been saying not gonna be a, a cakewalk but like Connor just said I mean two losses in the last two months ran through the back part of their end jack schedule so we shall see but for the men's uh, I'm super pumped up because obviously they're hosting the region and for Cal Lutheran to be coming all this way, we were talking about it after uh, offsides. It's like they're going to have no form of support whatsoever in the SB gym. It's going to be the props are, it's like home field advantage, like, X5, you know what I mean? It's, and, it, and not to cut you, uh, just cutting yeah, off no, one no, side. Yeah. You have to check out which conference Salisbury's in. Salisbury's in a conference with like five teams, and I believe mm-hmm. Christopher Newport's in it, and they have like two East Coast teams, and then the three are out West in California. It, it's one of the oh, craziest really? Division yeah, that, three. That's the same conference? It, it might be this conference. Wow. Uh, let me take a look, but... That's crazy. You know, keep, keep on going on, but I, I just always think about that, because it's, it's one of the craziest conferences ever, because you have two schools from like Maryland and yeah. Virginia with, with like three Cali schools. Yeah, well, it, yeah, Cal Lutheran's in Northern, or Thousand Oaks, I should say. So it's like Northern Cali. It's kind of like the Bay Area, sort of. But like, still, I mean, to be coming across the country, that's pretty crazy in itself. So you'd figure there will be some sort of fatigue there. What I'm trying to get at is the first round matchup for the men's. I'm not trying to put any bad, you know, juju out there, but it's like, I'm not really too, too worried about it. I think they should have 
a pretty easy time is in, in the first couple matchups. Obviously, anything did happen, but they've shown that they are legitimately one of the best teams in the country. So if they just stick to a, their identity and they remain healthy, I don't see any reason why you know they can't make a run to the, the third round or maybe even beyond. And what Connor was talking about before with the athletic program, kind of all coming together, perennial conference champions in in a bunch of different sports. To get to that next level, you take the next step, which is now winning an NCAA tournament game, winning two NCAA tournament games then you get national recognition and it becomes easier to make those steps so this is bigger than just an individual season for Rowan it, it kind of you know what, what they're going to do in this tournament both teams can kind of speak to like the direction of where the athletic program might be headed uh, in the future so it's going to be very very exciting this weekend if Rowan wins their first round matchup against the exactly 500 Cal Lutheran squad they'll go on to face the winner of the Utica Babson game that'll take place in SB gym at 5 p.m. right before the Rowan men's basketball and the Cal Lutheran men's basketball game. So make sure you tune in for live play-by-play coverage of not only the women's basketball game live from Scranton, PA, but the men's basketball game live from Glassboro, New Jersey in Asby Gymnasium. The women's game tipping off at 6 p.m. and the men's game tipping off at 7.30 p.m., possibly with some Saturday basketball action as well, both from Scranton and Glassboro. The Scranton game for the women's basketball team would not be until 8 p.m. So Connor Brown and Justin Locke will be exploring the city of Scranton, PA. We're going to head to break real quick here on the Rowan Sports Review. When we come back, I'm going to clip and insert two of the best calls from the NJAC championship, not only from the men's game, but from the women's game, the women's call from Caraguno and the men's call from Connor Brown and Caraguno as Kara was on the Rowan Athletics stream. So we'll get her best call from that game as well as her best call from the women's game, like I said, when we come back from break. But before we go to break, let's check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Rowan Sports Review live here on rowanradio.com channel 2. We'll come back with some of the best calls from the NJAC championships from each respective game. Can't get enough of the oldies? Join me, Greg May. And me, Maddie K. Every Saturday from 8 p.m. till midnight as we explore the top songs on the Billboard Hot 100 charts of yesteryear. You'll hear everything from the Bee Gees to the King of Rock and Roll, Chairman of the Board, and more. Each week features a special theme hour. Wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Bird Special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories, special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and, of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. Connor and I host an Early Bird Special show, and... Well, it really sneaks up on me during the week that I have to get up at 6 a.m. tomorrow, but uh, we're doing it. We're doing it, man. It's going to be fun. 6 a.m. wake-up call and then traveling to Scranton, Pennsylvania later on in the day. After your three-hour class. After my three-hour class, so tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Now let's move on to another moment in time that was extremely fun. Connor, you had the chance, as I mentioned before, break to call the Rowan men's basketball game and Jack championship for Rowan Radio, so... 
Let's hop right into your best call from that championship game. Hafiz Melvin kicks it to Vilmar, driving the baseline. Back out to Bickley. Hands off to Ross. Ross drives inside with left. Back out to Melvin. His three-pointer. No good. Dre, though, comes up with the rebound. DeAndre Vilmar. Back out to Ross. Ross! Bang! Marcellus Ross! Raining threes here in the second half. And then on the other end, Sokta turns it over, but DeAndre Vilmar steps on the out-of-bounds play as Marcellus Ross is telling the Stockton faithful he likes a little extra maple syrup with his pancakes. <laughs> so you obviously heard it. It was after one of Ross's huge threes there in the second half. But before the game, there's a little uh, social media stuff going on between both presidents of the universities. A wager was set. Uh, Stockton, known for their maple syrup, Rowan, known for their hot sauce. Had Rowan lost, they would have owed Stockton some hot sauce, vice versa if Stockton lost. You get the deal. Anyway, I just felt like just saying that, you know, Marcellus Ross definitely likes a little bit of extra maple syrup with his pancakes after one of, you know, his seven threes that he had there in the second half. I was kind of waiting on, on finding a way to incorporate the the, the wager into my call. You were anticipating it all week. You were like, I, I, I have was. to get it in. Well, I, I have to do the corny dad joke at least like three or four times in a game for myself to feel satisfied. So I'm glad I got it off. And thanks to Ross for that. Now we'll go over to Caraguno, past Caraguno from the Rowan Men's Basketball Championship to hear her best call from the game where the props clinched it all. That will do it here in Glasgow. The props are N-Jack champions. They take down the Ospreys and win it 103 to 88. They come back and beat the rival to win the conference title. So the conclusion of that game for the Stockton championship where Rowan took them down, you can kind of see the excitement in everybody's voice and that, that feeling off that crowd and emotion. So it was kind of uh, all came to fruition for this men's team. And the conclusion of that call was something that I think that the Rowan team was going to look back on. They co closed out the second half really well, and it was very well deserved for that team. So that's why the conclusion of that call, I think, is very important and will touch a lot of people. And to hoist up that trophy again for the first time in a couple of years is something, again, that this team will, will remember forever. And then kind of going on the way for the, the women's squad. Marshall to Mallard. Mallard. And she will dribble this one out. The Pops become NJAC champions! They take down the Gothic Knights in Jersey City and win it 79-70. to 70. Rowan wins the title. They complete the upset away in Jersey City they come back battling it out at the end of the game and at the end of the, the fourth quarter you can see Mallard and Marshall were kind of the last two to hold, hold the basketball and close this one out Rowan you know they they were up by a lot and JC was trying to foul them at the end but they kind of just were like you know we're already down by nine so Rowan team an exciting finish for them and it was just really fun it was such a pleasure to get the opportunity to, again to just call both of those games for not only the station but for Rowan Athletics as well so it's been so much fun but you know there could be a lot of basketball left for both of these teams and possibly a later Saturday slate of 
NCAA D3 tournament basketball. So it's getting very fun in the borough. And that's not even mentioning the Rowan, the Rowan baseball and softball team seasons that are coming up with Rowan softball starting Friday in North Carolina and Rowan baseball starting Saturday in Virginia Beach. They'll have a doubleheader against Virginia Wesleyan. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we have a lot of great sports coming up, as we mentioned at the top of the sports review, already eight NJAC championships clinched and many more on the way, hopefully. But once again, you've been tuned into the Rowan Sports Review with your host, Dan. Ryan. I want to thank Connor, Kara, and Aaron for taking some time out of their day to talk to me about NJAC basketball and what's to come for NCAA basketball for the Rowan Profs. Best of luck on the call to you, Connor, not only on the travel there, uh, but on the call if you do call on Friday and Saturday. It'll be a long weekend of NCAA basketball. And Kara, best of luck with Aaron on the men's basketball first round call, possibly the second round. We'll see if they one win, but two if you're able to call the second round matchup. I know you have a few obligations on Saturday. And as I mentioned, Aaron, best of luck to you as well. It's going to be pretty fun. We've gotten kind of accustomed the past few seasons now to at least the basketball team making the NCAAs. I know the women's team didn't have as much luck last season, but the men's team did get that bid last season despite not winning the NJAC championship. So it's really, as Condor talked about in the beginning of the show, Rowan is on the rise and they're looking to make some expansions in the coming seasons. But that'll just about wrap things up here on the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You can hear new episodes of the Rowan Sports Review every single Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. Thank you all so much for listening, and have a great rest of your weekend. Props are hot. You've been listening to the Rowan Sports Review on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, for more recaps, interviews, and previews of upcoming Rowan University games on your home for Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.